boy, oh boy, oh boy. The gifts are wrapped. The turkey is in the oven. The tofurkey is AWOL, thanks to some creative hide-and-seek. Cranberry, eggnog, a deft avoidance of all political conversation, and the welcome embrace of another Bankadelic special episode. So let's see. It's the fourth, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, Bankadelic holiday extravaganza, and... How fitting! We have four. Eins, zwei, drei, vier. Wonderful guests joining us. Matt Wood, head of fintech services at Tavant. Sarah Martin, the CEO at Pulsate. Gary Lewis, managing director, lending and deposit solutions at Jack Henry. And Danielle Sesco, director of product management and innovation at TrueStage. Let's hope that the gifts under the tree or the menorah or whichever holiday implement of celebration that you choose are wonderful and we're going to get things unwrapped. Let the holiday extravaganza begin. And so it is time to turn it over to our guests with the Bankadelic Icebreaker trademark. <laughs> Icebreaker question, which is, what is the best holiday gift you've ever received? Or if you prefer to explode that out, the best gift you've ever received, period. And Matt Wood, I am going to start with you. <laughs> All right. Well, this is Matt Wood, head of fintech with Tavant. We are a tech forward product and services company. We serve the needs of mortgage and banks across the spectrum. As a 13-year-old boy, my first set of skis was amazing. And I thought I could do anything on them. And I found out that everyone in my family is a fantastic skier but me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Learn it the hard way. Well, you've got to beat me because I've never been skiing. <laughs> Sarah Martin, you're up. Hi, Lou. Thanks for having me on the Bankadelic podcast. I'm very excited to be here. I'm Sarah Martin, the CEO of Pulsate, and we give credit unions and community banks the tools they need to make sure that their customers think of them when they have a financial need and not anybody else, especially not Googling it. It's about deepening the digital relationship. Consumers are not going to the physical branch anymore, but they are visiting the digital branch more than they ever went into the physical one. And Pulsate makes sure that each engagement is as valuable as possible for both the consumer and for the financial institution. And um, the best gift I ever received was probably for Christmas. I really limited it to Christmas. Probably roller skates when I was nine. Now, they were about three or four sizes too big for me, but I got a lot of wear out of them. I remember skating around the kitchen table, driving my poor mother insane for about five years after I received them and then rolled them the whole way into roller discos in rural Ireland. So it was a gift that kept giving. But hadn't been skiing, though, until I was an adult. All right, we don't have too many mountains here in Ireland, Matt, so pretty jealous of that. <laughs> I'll bring my skates. The idea of a roller disco in Ireland, that is just so cool. <laughs> it arrived here like in the 90s, I think probably in the US. They were in the 70s. We were a little bit behind. Gary Lewis, your turn. 
You bet. Gary Lewis, Managing Director of Lending and Deposit Solutions at Jack Henry. Jack Henry provides technology to the financial institution space, and anything lending or deposits kind of falls under my umbrella. I thought long and hard about this question, and I was going to do, you know, the real acceptable answer and say, getting my grandchildren, those sorts of things. But in all reality, back to the 70s again as a kid, it was the evil Knievel stunt cycle. Oh, yes. The old wind up red stunt cycle that was indestructible. <laughs> I can't even imagine how many hours I put in with Evil Knievel reimagining his jumps over the years. So the Evil Knievel stunt cycle will go down in history in my book. What you do, being a big Evil Knievel fan back in the days, you set up the dining room table and about 80 feet away, you put like a cardboard box and you recreate the Snake River Canyon jump. <laughs> I can't even imagine how many things I destroyed in my mother's house jumping that bike because it was a very powerful tool. And we have Danielle Sesco. Hey, Lou. Thanks for having me. I'm Danielle Sesco. I'm the director of product management at TrueStage. And TrueStage is a large insurance company serving predominantly the credit union market, as well as partners, as well as reach mill market consumers. My team, myself, we're responsible for innovating new insurance products. We don't hear that very much in the insurance space. We're definitely doing something new there. We're excited about the solutions bringing to market. And thinking back to my favorite gift, and we're also going to harken back to my childhood responses, ironically, very similar to Sarah's. It's actually rollerblades. But for me, it was so meaningful receiving that gift when I did as a 10-year-old kid, because I grew up in the Midwest. And if you're familiar with the Midwest, it's known as the frozen tundra. It's like zero degrees around Christmas. So I got these rollerblades and I wanted these rollerblades as a kid. I was looking forward to them. I asked my parents, I finally got them. And my expectation was I wouldn't be able to use them until like May. And finally the ground thaws and there's not two feet of snow on the ground. But we had this particular Christmas, I got them. It was actually warm. So I always remember that bringing a big smile to my face. So I got this present, this thing I was looking forward to, and I got to use it. So obviously for me, that was a gift that I kept on giving. I don't rollerblade much as an adult, though I admittedly I'm a nerd. I'm safety first. I have like a helmet on. I have like <laughs> knee pads on, ankle bracelets. I probably have goggles on just in case I go too fast and a bug flies in my eye. Yeah, I can only imagine how unsafe the lakeshore path in Chicago would be if I knew how to rollerblade. <laughs> Hope you don't fall. Everybody would move back in terror, but not because I would be an imposing force, but a dangerous one. <laughs> Speaking of gifts, I would love to know from your unique points of view, what has been the gift that has kept on giving for financial services in 2023? We keep a positive slant on the show in many, many ways, and it may be something that has been overlooked, given all of the gloom and doom in the headlines lately, financial and non-financial. So what is that gift? What is that thing that we can say, wow, it's been terrific. Well, it's Gary Lewis. I'll jump in. It can be a positive or a negative, but I'm quite sure the financial institutions have appreciated the rise in interest rates that they've experienced over the recent past. You know, when rates were compressed for so long, their margins were squeezed and tight. Regardless of what's going on with the economy, it's still pretty hot. And the rise in interest rates has done a lot to expand margins and drive profitability in the space. So, to me, maybe not great for the consumer, but for 
those that lend out money, rising interest rates is a pretty nice job for their income statements. Hi, this is Sarah from Pulsate, and I definitely agree with you, Gary. Cost funds, just looking at credit unions alone, cost funds have increased by 227% year to date. It has been off a very low base. But actually, if you look at the net interest income, it's actually up nearly 20% year to date in credit unions. Benefit of that, of course, Gary, is the smartest financial institutions are investing that increase in tools like Pulsate, like Jack Henry, etc., to make sure that they can deliver longer term sustainable growth. I think that's a gift that's giving this year. I agree then. This is Danielle from True Stage. In addition to that gift that keeps on giving, the thing I would add is how technology is transforming the banking space. And it's not because technology is innovative in this case, but because it's become standardized. There's no standardized components in terms of embedded lending distribution systems, APIs that can transfer data. And what's so exciting about that prospect is it starts to democratize the supply of credit in the U.S. So not only do we have the ability for lenders to make higher earned income because of rising interest rates, we have the ability to supply credit more broadly across all segments of the U.S. because of the ability that technology is really enabling those institutions to reach more consumers. This is Matt from Tavant. You know, for my part, Throughout this year, I've been kind of brought into these kind of conversations several times, and it always gives me a pause. And I start thinking about just how important financial services, not in the abstract, but in the concrete, are so many of us, so many families, probably all would be not an overstatement. In that regard, it kind of humbles me in the sense that here we are doing what we do, you know, for our companies, for our clients. But, you know, that layer that really matters is just, you know, how it lives out in the broader society. And I have a really strong appreciation for it and a really strong kind of devotion to it. At Tavant, we work across a broad spectrum of financial services markets. And what is the gift that keeps giving? It's just really important what we do and how we do it. Indeed. And I love how so far we have gone from that broad perspective of the societal good all the way down to the effect of interest rates. And for the industry, that has been a good thing. This may also involve something that is both good and bad. A lot of times there are no absolutes with these things, just different sides of the coin. But I would love to know if there is a holiday buzzkill a distraction for the industry heading into this last month of the year? Well, it's Gary Lewis. I'm not shy, so I'll go again. The flip side of the coin, as you mentioned, Lou, interest rates, right? For those financial institutions that are heavy in the mortgage space, it's killed their business. So they have to be really reeling going into the holidays if that was a large portion of their business due to the high interest, high inflation and just the slowdown of that cycle. The other piece of it is the uncertainty of 1071 and how that's going to impact the space and whether it's going to make it through the court system or not, what's that going to mean? Just a whole lot of uncertainty around some of that that's got to create anxiety in the space. Hey, I'll jump in and be the next voice on this, Lou. This is Matt with Tavant. Hey, you know, the perennial buzzkill and this isn't just this holiday, it's every single holiday this year that has come back to me again and again is it just costs so much to create a mortgage. <laughs> and I'm always like, okay, how many different types of cars can we manufacture that cost less than this mortgage right here? And the answer is a few. You know, for me, 
it just lays out how much work there is to be done, how much focus it really requires to make substantive change in the way we go about business. For all of the apprehensions, you know, me or yourself or anyone might have about future technologies, I'm not going to say it, AI, I did. <laughs> but the whole reality there is, for all of that, it is difficult, isn't it, to make real change happen and, you know, recompose the value chain. And that's the work that we're part of. That's what we're about. Yeah, since two of you have mentioned mortgages already, I want to point out something that I have seen, which is that if you've got that low rate somewhere in the two and a half range, people are clamping down on that. They are saying, no way am I going to sell my property. I've got this rate. If I were to sell and go out and get another mortgage, it would be a lot higher. And that has also led to disruptions in the housing market because there's lower inventory based on that. This is Sarah here from Pulsate, and I think my boss count for this year has been the rapid move to deposits, deposits, deposits. I do think the move towards deposits introduces a bit of a better balance overall, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But so many financial institutions just blanket making offers to everyone and anyone of high rate products, regardless of whether it's useful to them or not. And it leads to this sense with their consumers, with their members, that they're just not being listened to, that they're just being talked at and not actually being served. And I think that's a little bit of a buzzkill for me in 23. I'll take a slightly different perspective to this answer. And this is Danielle from True Stage. One of the things I see as a buzzkill for the industry is consumer financial well-being and resiliency right now. We talk about rising interest rates and liquidity affecting the credit industry. We're also seeing that impact consumers' wallets and their size of wallets starting to shrink. I was reading some stats the other day, and we're back to pre-pandemic levels. Back in 2019 levels of the amount of consumers who are living paycheck to paycheck. 67% of consumers cannot come up with a $400 emergency expense without borrowing or selling something. Wow. $400. And that's 67% of consumers right now. And what that means for, I think, so much the banking industry where this becomes especially relevant is that affects consumers' ability to pay on their loans. The majority of the consumers are one paycheck away from defaulting on their mortgages or their student loans or their car loans or not being able to keep up to speed with other financial obligations. And from my perspective, that's the buzzkill, whether we're in a B2B business or a B2B2C business, if consumers are struggling, our industry will struggle as well to sustainably provide solutions for them. Wow, so great points all the way around. Love what I'm hearing so far, although <laughs> they were buzzkills. So let's go on to something that I think is a great note to go out on and I'm really interested in your opinions because you've all got these wonderful stances within financial services. What are your holiday wishes for financial services at large or maybe a segment of people? We're standing on the cusp of the new year. What would you love to see? Yes, I haven't gone first yet. This is Danielle from True Stage. And I talked about democratization of the supply of credit in one of my previous comments and how important it is to embed financial services and the non-financial service brands at the brands that consumers use so that consumers can get access to those services at an affordable rate. One of the things I'm excited for or looking forward to is the prospect of the role that insurance plays in that. When we talk about consumers' ability to pay 
that's something that insurance can step in and help provide a financial backstop for one of the products we're creating from TrueSage Payment Guard does exactly that. If a consumer loses their paycheck, we step in, we pay their loan. And you think about the value that has when you combine that with a credit product is it allows for credit to be more accessible to more people so that people can continue to go on living their lives. They can pay for that grocery bill that might have gone over $200 unexpectedly. They can pay for the cold gifts that are on their list this holiday season. That's what I'm excited about as I think looking forward to what innovation can we see in this industry between credit and banking and insurance and other financial services. Danielle, this is Matt from Tavon. I really appreciate your comments because it strikes a chord with my regard to the market and to just all of us as just families, as people. My wish is in a similar light to you is I think that there are you know gains to be had in making things simple, making things affordable, driving costs out. And the real trick is how can that change the accessibility for families and individuals on the far end of the equation? To me, that would be the wish if I was in charge and had a very powerful wand, would be able to find ways to make the linkages like you described, Danielle, and use those linkages as the means to increase affordability and accessibility. I firmly believe that this is part of the mission of technology and financial services itself. We can do it. We have done it. I think the fragility of our time that we live in just highlights the urgency. Sarah from Fulsays, um, just kind of building, I guess, on what Daniel and Matt have been talking about. It really is about bringing the consumer back into the heart of the industry, really putting it at the center of the strategy for every financial institution. Because actually, when you think about it over the years, for so long, it was lending, 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 or loans, loans, loans. And then this year, it was like, ooh, deposits. Let's go deposits, 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 deposits. And do you know what, what those two strategies don't do? Tell me. They don't think about the consumer. It's putting the FI needs first and then trying to find a consumer who may or may not want those products in that moment. And my wish for the industry, for Christmas, for the holidays, moving into the new year, it's really about putting the consumer back at the heart of banking because really that's the only way that the industry can survive and thrive being able to serve the consumer with what they need when they need it, rather than putting the FI's needs in the moment first. Um, we see a lot of our customers right now, even just offering skip a pay at that holiday period and just offering their consumers the chance to have a little bit more cash for the household and waiving the fee associated with that and just being able to get that into the hands of people through our targeting mechanisms to people who actually need it. Right now, FIs really have the ability to make the lives of their customers just that little bit better. And we see that happening more and more, but I would really like to see that become an industry trend. I knew I shouldn't have let you go first. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> I, I have to follow that. Gary Lewis, I actually want to expand on what everyone has said. I'm specifically in the technology space. I build and sell technology to the financial institution. And for my wish list is to really get FIs to embrace technology, but not to replace people, to enhance their ability to serve people. And, you know, I think they have to look at their core. You know, why do they exist? What's their mission statement? What's their call to action? It's to serve the community, serve the individuals that they have. And those individuals demand a pretty high level of technology today 
as experienced in their normal social platforms, their purchase platforms they use, et cetera, et cetera. And frankly, the financial segment is pretty far behind and they want to rush to catch up. But having technology for the sake of having technology that doesn't enhance your ability to serve your client base and your community and those associates in your institution is misled. I mean, you really need to focus on all those constituents and use technology to enhance and deliver your business model better. Each institution has its own model. They have their own needs and desires and what they want to accomplish. And technology can help facilitate that and better the lives of all their constituents. That is fantastic, Gary, and collectively great answers because they seem to be pointing to one thing, if I may collect the thoughts in the room and put them in a succinct sentence, that it is about the customer, it is about the community, it is about the person. And while technology is wonderful, I love AI, I love seeing what fintech has to offer, I think that we sometimes forget the role of it. And it should be, at least I think so, identifying the pain point. Where does the consumer hurt? We recognize that and work backward from there. And that is my wish for the new year. You've already made one of my wishes come true by showing up here today. Fantastic answers. I'm going to dub you the Bankadelic Fabulous Four. Well, the Fab Four, you might say. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, the fourth annual Bankadelic Holiday Extravaganza. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Lou. Thank you, Lou. Thanks, Lou. What about me? Catherine, say it. Thank you, Lou. And Derek, you're welcome to chime in with a thanks, Lou, too. Derek Howard of the William Mills Agency. Take it away, Derek. Well, then I will. Thanks, Lou. And so... Or you might say, so-ho-ho, ho. although that sounds an awful lot like a New York City neighborhood. There you have it. Thanks so much for tuning into the fourth annual Bankadelic Extravaganza. We've got lots of thank yous to go out. First of all, to our wonderful participants, Matt Wood, Head of Fintech Services at Tavant, Sarah Martin, CEO at Pulsate, Gary Lewis, Managing Director, Lending and Deposit Solutions at Jack Henry, Danielle Sesco, Director of Product Management and Innovation at True Stage. Of course, our sponsors, the incredible William Mills Agency and the Zarina of Podcasts for special occasions. The one, the only, the irreplaceable, the incredible, Catherine Laws. We love you, Catherine! Also want to thank Derek Howard, who sat in on the call, making sure I stayed in line. Not an easy task, I'll tell you. In addition, Banker Hire, Lemonade, LXP, and Talking Biz News, a division of Vested LLC. As always, our consigliere, Prince of Men, King of Phone Tag, Rob Gaynor. Dude, I totally got into the show. Our producer in Chicago, Ken Montone. And to all of you who make it happen here at Bankadelic, we end 2023 with 10,000 listens. An all-time record for this humble little podcast. 
Well, what a great holiday extravaganza this year. It's such a wonderful tradition and... Oh, oh, let me in, let me in. Oh, oh, and all that holiday stuff. Mike again, look out for my mic. Ha, Johnny the Pig. Merry Crimble and all of that stuff. Lou, Lou, I got something really special. A gift. For your Bankarama audience. Dare I ask what it is? <laughs> oh, so glad you want to know, and boy, you're going to love this. I've been working on my rendition of Silent Night, the Christmas Carol. You know what I'm saying, right? Everybody knows about Silent Night. Okay, well, get a load of this. I'm going to sing it for you. I've been rehearsing this and rehearsing this, and it's going to be great. Your audience, they're going to love it. Well, we'll let the audience be the judge of that, assuming they can make it all the oh, way Oh, don't through. worry. I got faith in them. I got a lot of faith in them. So, once again, let's fire up the super-phonic karaoke bankorama machine, and we'll get this going. <laughs> Wait till they hear this. <coughs> Here we go. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Sweet Lord. Just remember. If you're in a pinch, me and my elves, we will bust up the Grinch, and he'll sleep in 70 pieces. You'll sleep forever, capiche? Oh, oh, oh. Silent. Ah. I think you jumped in a bit early there, Santa Big. Second voice better than the first. Silent night, holy night. Lots of food built too tight. Oh. Vino, vino, and pantone stew. Get your stinking paws off my pasta fuzzle. Save your cannolis for me. Save your cannolis for me. You get it? Savior? Savior? <laughs> oh my god. I got a million of them. And you better laugh at all of them. Bankadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. Ha ho ho! And all that holiday stuff.